We have a thousand things to constantly do. We don't get as much work done as we like, but we spend time with our children and, and life is good, you know? We're really enjoying it, so we can't really complain at all. Welcome to Boss Babies and Bottles, also known as B3. Hosted by me, Jessica with a Y, where we talk about how to successfully run a business and capitalize on your strengths while joining motherhood, in my case, twin motherhood, and throwing some crazy shebangs along the way. So pop that bubbly or grab that glass of wine and get ready to unwind. Welcome to today's episode of Boss Babies and Bottles. Today, I am with, once again, my co-star. I should call you something else. Star. No, you're not the star. Star sounds better. <laughs> of a husband. Uh, David's with me here today. We are talking about our first few weeks uh, with the babies and how that was taking the twins home. And we were really like zombies, I would say. We don't really remember a thousand percent too much. It was kind of like a zombie-esque few weeks for sure. But we have a couple funny stories that we're going to go through today. So thank you all for joining. First of the fact that we had these two newborns during COVID, which I think is absolutely insane. And mind you, if you hear any background noise, it's because we're outside. The kids are asleep inside and we don't want to wake them up with our loudness. <laughs> so any background noise you hear, just ignore. But uh, we brought these two newborns home with COVID and in the hospital. Not like with one, COVID. No, not with COVID, during COVID. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the hospital, they basically tell you, like, be careful who you let your kids around. They have no vaccines. Like, things are kind of crazy right now. And, you know, they always want you to be super careful with newborns. And then, obviously, with all of this, it was, like, triple careful, if not even more. So... Uh, we knew we were going to have to kind of figure it out from the get, and and I think that was something that we really kind of did, and we kind of just really teamed up and, you know, made it work and really just kind of take over. And obviously with the two kids, we're basically one parent per child, <laughs> and that's how it really was for those first few weeks, I feel like, just making sure that we would tackle any problems that came our way. So really acting like a team was was huge. Uh, we didn't have too much help, but thankfully we did have some family step up um, and come in and help us and really kind of just quarantine and take care of themselves too so that they could help us with the kids um, at some point in time. And of course, you know, David's mom and some of my family have been just a huge help with the twins. So we really had no idea what we were doing or any idea of what we were getting ourselves into, I would say. But that's every parent though. They yeah. All say on your do, first first kid, yeah. yeah, you don't really know. Every, you just figure every, it out. Every parent we've talked to on the first kid, they're super paranoid. And then all of a sudden, second and third kid, it's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, who yeah. cares? They can feed themselves. They're, they're six <laughs> months. They'll figure it out. So Yeah. So, I mean, we weren't really too sure what we were doing. We did have our daughter, Ariela. She used to make little fists with her hands and hold her little bottle. But like the tiny bottle, she would hold her own little bottle. And we're like, oh, wow, cool. She can feed herself. Uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> but on the little bottle, she pretended like she could. And, you know, you really kind of just learn as you go and all of this. And a lot of it is trusting, I feel like, your gut. Mm-hmm. Common and, sense. Yeah, common sense and trusting your gut as to what these kids even need because it's absolutely insane to try to figure out what a crying baby of a few weeks or a few days old even needs. So that was interesting. Our first pediatrician appointment you go to immediately the day after you leave the hospital. Like it has to be uh, pretty immediate. And so take Ariela because Alejandro was still in the NICU. Uh, we take her. 
and we're like we're so excited to meet our pediatrician and she's actually our niece's pediatrician too we had no idea that she also has twins boy girl right, twins yeah. so dr valdez we love her and so she's become basically our family pediatrician which is nice um so we're there and she's telling us all these things we're asking questions and then now it's time to take Ariela to uh, weigh her and so she can look at her and um, and when you weigh them you have to take off their diaper and as you can imagine that lead to her peeing over me and then while I'm picking myself and I'm like trying to get that off of me with baby wipes she spits up on David um, and then she starts crying and I remember I was looking at Dr. Valdez and she's like imagine this is only with one baby and we both look at each other and I think it was like really a nervous laugh yeah. <laughs> like, if this is how our first pediatrician visit went I just wear a bathing suit bathing, a bathing suit every single day now because I'm going to get spat up upon um, yeah. on a regular basis <laughs> I feel like we do more laundry now than we ever did ever yeah partly because the kids we really, we do a lot of laundry for the kids. And I don't understand, we do more laundry for them than for us. And they don't even do anything. Well, between their clothes and our spit-up clothes, I mean, yeah. it all adds up. It does all add up. It's pretty intense. Our first month was, was, I would say, probably the hardest. That first four to six weeks, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, not a whole lot of sleep. Not a whole lot of sleep at all. To say the least. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah, a sleep deprivation is real, guys, uh, when you first have your first babies. And I think we're actually pretty lucky because our babies now sleep relatively well, considering yeah. what we've heard from other parents. But the sleep deprivation, those first few weeks are real. You really are a zombie. And, and so when we were deciding on some of like the baby gear we needed for twins, there really aren't too many options. And so one of the bassinets that kids or that they recommended for the twins was this halo bassinet it's like five six hundred dollars all it basically is is like the single one that's worth like half that price but with a mesh net in the middle i guess it's a little larger it's really not that much larger yeah, yeah. and so like i tell david i'm like well we need to have the kids in a bassinet but i'm not paying full price for that thing that thing is way too expensive and because when you see the reviews you see all these parents say like some kids don't like certain things that you buy them you know, so I didn't want to buy anything too expensive. So I found this twin mom in my neighborhood uh, who was selling hers. And I was able to get it for like 130 bucks. We disinfected it from top to bottom. We took it apart. And then we started to put the kids to sleep there. And they did not like it. And, and they should have. They I mean, should have liked it. I mean, there's really nothing. Reality, I mean, other kids, you know, sadly in other countries don't even have that. So they ah. should appreciate that and yes. make it work. But of course not. Yes, this is David's reasoning Thank to everything. Is Thankfully, that I'm frugal and we didn't spend so much money. I'm frugal. I figured out how to get these things used. But anyways, yes, David's reasoning is that obviously kids in Colombia or in Cuba or anywhere else where they grow up that is not the United States would not have all these options. So either way, so thankfully we did not pay all that money for that thing. But we did pay money for a pack and play, which we got on Black Friday before they were even, you know, when they were tiny, tiny in my belly. I think we were, they were like nothing. We were still first trimester when I bought this pack and play. And we were like, oh, this is going to be like out on the living room. And this is basically the thing that we've used the most is their pack and play that has two bassinets at the top of it and this is what our kids love and it was like a $200 pack and play is what they loved versus like the $600 yeah, the Halo fancy thing. bassinet. I think they've used the bassinet maybe They used for it for like week? their first week yeah That's the it? first week or yeah. two of life yeah it wasn't that much and another thing that we bought for them well thankfully we didn't buy expensive was the four moms the mama roo that swing thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, we, again, I did not want to spend all that money on it because, again, the reviews say my kids love it, my kids hate it, and just so many back and forth. So I found I found it on OfferUp, I believe, and we also got it for, like, 
something like 100 110 dollars something like that and disinfected the whole thing and i'm so ready to put these kids in it i'm like they're gonna love the swing guys they hated that swing it was it's not even a swing it's more like a a motion thing it, a motion it replicates thing. like a car i mean a it car can do a like kangaroo 100, yeah. <laughs> a tree i don't even know tree swing one yes. of the things is tree swing uh, it's weird but basically we tried all the settings on these children and they didn't like any. Basically, you can go spend thousands of dollars yes. on a bunch of different things and have no idea what your kids are going to like. And then they could end up, thankfully, being, Hating all of being it. frugal like their dad and, and mom, I okay. guess. And end up <laughs> liking the least expensive swing of all. Or what I recommend is keeping all the boxes. And so even yeah. if you do spend money on the expensive things, you can return it in case they don't like it. So we have a room in our house that is full of kid boxes. Yeah, of all the stuff. stuff we're not getting rid of the boxes until we know if we're going to keep those things and that the whole point of this we are going to keep not the kids oh, okay. <laughs> the stuff Got it. okay so anyways basically the sleep deprivation back to that it was literally every three hours that these kids ate and when i say every three hours it's every three hours from the start not from the end so if they eat at midnight if they start eating at midnight they are going to start eating again at three in the morning Okay, so by the time that we would be done feeding both these kids, changing both these kids, and putting them back to bed, we basically had maybe an hour and a half. Yeah, just about. You know, especially because our son Alejandro didn't really eat that fast. No. You know, Ariela is a different story. She was a, a comelona she, from yeah, the get. She yeah. She chugs her food. She's she like, right, leave it. me alone. Let me go back to bed and, and leave yeah. me alone. Yeah, and she's and she's very much of a sleeper. Alejandro is not. At the beginning, he was though. At the beginning, he was he was a true little sleeper. Uh, but he was still so tiny. So at first, we thought it would be great to do shifts through the night. So that's how we did it. I would sleep first, and David would stay with the kids, and then we would swap. I would stay with the kids, and then he would sleep. It just got really hard. That wasn't well, really... in that four-hour time span that my wife would go to sleep, I would feed both kids. Well, I would feed them with you before I went to bed. Yeah, but then afterwards... You would feed them once, Two yeah. bottles, yeah. feed them once, and then do bottles again. And make sure they're okay and, and burp them and change them and all that stuff. So by that time, it's 2.33 in the morning and you haven't, you literally have not stopped. Yeah. One thing is you're, you're going, you're going, take an hour break, watch some TV, hang out, maybe pour yourself, you know, a, a nice drink or whatnot and Only and hang you out. could drink. I was breastfeeding. Well, I still am. I mean, that's... Uh. <laughs> pour can't himself a good that. drink. Yeah. And then go to bed, but you can't do that. No. So you have no time in those four hours. And then... Yeah. Um, You're, and it because we have twins, like it's it's seriously like nonstop, you know. And for one person, it, it became pretty difficult. And then I would take over somewhere around the two-ish a.m., somewhere whenever it about is. Six. Yeah, till about six-ish, sometimes seven, depending. And then David would wake up, and sometimes I'd even go back in for like an hour nap because I would be so exhausted because of the way that their meals were landing. I would get two feedings back to back before he would wake up and it was just getting to a point where where I don't think we really could. Yeah, it was it was a lot. It was truly, truly a but lot. Then your genius husband. Yes. Then my genius husband idea. came up with a brilliant idea of <laughs> of and it also coincided with them sleeping longer. So like his idea was let's just put them in the room with us. When it's time to feed them, we'll both wake up, we'll feed both and we'll go back to bed. Now granted I have to feed, pump and then go back to bed. But I can get it all done now in about 45 minutes is absolutely the fastest. 
50 to 55 is more reasonable. Yes, I have it timed to a science. <laughs> Just depends how long it takes the kid to eat. <laughs> but I do have to pump and then go back to bed. So this was his genius idea for us to do it together throughout the night. And it's really now, especially if the kids are sleeping a little bit longer through the night, they sleep about six hours straight now, which is really nice. That's really become our way of doing things. And it, and it works out really well for us. And David still checks if they breathe. If he, they're breathing, oh, yeah. yeah. Put my hand on their belly or their back or he whatever. He doesn't, like, check to wait to see if their chest rises and fall, like they tell you. Like, no, he, like, basically touches the kid and wakes them up. And well, the thing is, a sleep stack at night, it's like they're sleeping in a potato sack and you can't tell anything. It's like a cute little flying squirrel outfit oh, is their whatever. sleep stack. You can't tell, so I need to touch their body to make sure yes. while also being extremely careful and not waking them up. But if I still don't feel anything because they have their pajamas on and a sleep sack... <laughs> then I put my hand on their nose. Yes, so he does. So I can feel them breathing. So basically he wakes up our children. And really, you know, I've had to do a lot of like reading and just background research and just figuring out ways to get these kids to sleep through the night. And, and you know, the two things that have really helped us the most has been this video series from Taking Care of Babies. She's amazing and she really kind of teaches you and walks you through, you know, how to calm the babies and also how to get them to sleep a little longer through the night. And then their sleep sacks are amazing. They're the love to dream sleep sacks where they look like little flying squirrels in my opinion, but they really, really love them. The first day we put them on them, we kept the boxes, <laughs> as I tell you, because you never really know if they're gonna like it or not. So we kept the boxes, we put it on them. And from day one, they just slept better. It was incredible. So finding the things that work for your kids is super, super important. They're thirty dollars each, which is they are. Very They're thirty expensive. something. I mean, well, because we have two. For, yeah, I mean everything we have is double. Obviously, but I mean, thirty something dollars for. <laughs> it's like thirty six. Yeah. A thing that like a human the size of your arm sleeps in <laughs> is expensive, in my opinion. Yeah. It was. It's, 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 it's pretty pricey. It's, it's worth it though. It was. It, it, it's definitely been worth it. It's definitely saved our sleep. And again, the taking care of baby videos, tutorial videos have been pretty life-changing for me, I think. And so little by little, we've started to kind of figure out what is it that the kids like and don't like. And we found that during the day, they love to sleep on their bellies. And because it's during the day, even though it's not quote-unquote recommended, even though that's how we all slept when we were younger, because when we were growing up, they taught our parents to put us face down. And now they tell us not to. So during the day, that's how they sleep. But at night, they sleep on their backs in their sleep sacks, yeah. and but they, that's they also truly enjoy it. That's, a, that's also because they're supposed. They're not. You know, they may not be able to pick up their head. Whereas, thankfully, Ari and Ale can pick up their head. Yeah. They can move it side to side. I mean, they're very mobile, yeah. and they're and they're very strong in the sense where, where they can they shift their heads through the night, like the, uh, even when their they're sleeping on their bellies. Yeah, yeah, they move a lot. Can't wait to put them in the cribs and see how they wake up because right now they're kind of contained in their little bassinets and that won't that won't be forever. As you most of you might have known or heard, you're supposed to do tummy time with these children so that they get stronger. And from the beginning, Ariela was so strong. She would always hold herself up. We never even we started doing tummy with time with her probably about a week or two in, not realizing that by the way, you're supposed to start that right away. But she was already doing it on David's chest. Like her Ariela's favorite spot has always been right on her daddy's chest like that's her favorite I, she can hear you she loves the smell of you i guess she just loves her papa all like it's the best it is the best yeah we started doing actual tummy time with her and she hates it yeah there's no other word for it she hates it the second why she even she feels work, why would she work when she can <laughs> hang out on my chest all day that's true the second she feels that she's on tummy time in a on the on the mats 
on the on the bed, on anything. It doesn't matter to her. She just hates it, you know? And she starts crying and complaining, and she gets frustrated. And, like, she, at how old are they now? Three months now. Mm-hmm. She basically, if you put your little hands behind, she actually pushes off of you and can basically not really crawl, but, like, she's already doing the first movements of crawling, which Alejandro is not. But she still hates tummy time. She could be moving, but she doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. She's too frustrated. But... That's kind of something which is pretty cool. Alejandro loves tummy time. He'll just kind of hang out there with you. He's oh, a yeah. super chill boy. He's our little chill boy for sure. Yeah, he's an angel. He just sits up. He puts his hands up and he just hangs out, moves his head, looks around, and, yeah. and thinks and analyzes. And Yeah. He's definitely going to be the thinker of the two. She's going to be the doer. we got to figure that out. She's going to react. Their dynamic is going to be interesting. fire. Yeah. Basically. She's our fire like, child. What is she doing? <laughs> Yeah, so we shouldn't be labeling them yet. That's bad parenting. Oops, sorry about that. <laughs> and so Ariela, as I might have mentioned in one of our last episodes, she, our daughter was born with a tongue tie. And so immediately, you know, less than a week of her being alive, she had to go get her, her tongue tie cut, which is basically that thing that holds your tongue to the bottom of your mouth. They had to kind of cut it a little bit um, to give her some range of motion, which helped her a ton with breastfeeding. And a tongue with a tongue with even speech impediment that can really damage her speech because she has no movement of her tongue. So we had to get that cut and it bled for like two seconds. We put a bottle in her mouth and she was super fine. Like it wasn't really that bad. And then I started to see that she was having problems with latching again a few weeks back. And I looked under her tongue in one of those and I remember looking at David and saying, I think her tongue is tied again. Mm -hmm. And then the lactation consultant looked at her and told us, yes, that she was. So we had to go back to the doctor. That's the worst feeling. And that was bad. Yeah. yeah. You watch your, your daughter, your son, and they have, they have to do a procedure or something to them. And, and in this case, I mean, obviously no anesthesia, which is better. And they just cut underneath her tongue. I mean, it breaks your heart. Yeah. And it hurt. It, It was, it was pretty hard for us the first time, but it was nothing like the second time. And the first time, it was nice because they took us in at like 8 in the morning. And with one baby, they let us both in. There was no problem. And on this second appointment, we had to go in in the middle of the day. We had to get an emergency appointment. Like, not emergency, but like a, a right-away appointment. And they gave it to us for the next day. And they did not let David go in with me. And so I went in alone with the two babies inside the car seats. And... Ariela doesn't like to be in her car seat unless it's moving, like unless she's in the car. And so like, the minute we got into the room, she starts crying. I have to get her out. And luckily, Alejandro's pretty calm with staying on in there for a little while. And so I'm waiting there for the doctor and I'm trying to pacify Ariela. I'm singing to her in Spanish uh, the Cinco Monitos song, which if you don't know it, it's the five monkeys jumping on the bed, but in Spanish. It's the only Spanish song that we current. I just learned Los Pollitos, which is the little chickens. But the reality is the only one we actually knew until the other day was the five monkeys jumping on the bed. So I'm singing that for them. They're kind of calm. Then the doctor comes in. She starts having a panic attack. It's like she knew he was there. And then they make me wrap her up so she doesn't use her little arms to like swat and move things. They put her on the chair and they hold her down. They do a clamp on her on her little under the part of her tongue so that it wouldn't bleed as much and then he cuts and I couldn't look not because I didn't want to this time but because Alejandro starts crying by the reaction of her and like they just both were crying at the top of their lungs and because the doctors don't want to touch the babies because of all this COVID they 
wouldn't help me with either of the babies. So Alejandro's in the car seat. Ayera's crying. She's bleeding. It's really bad. I look at the doctor and I'm like, can I please bring in my husband? I had to ask, I want to say it was three times, maybe four for you, until they finally let me call him and bring him in to help me with the two kids. And I would say that that was probably the hardest. That was really hard. I mean, there was there was Alejandro's uh, circumcision that was really hard on us as well. Oh my gosh, that was scary. Uh, he, but he we was, weren't physically there with him. No, we were in another room, but it felt like you can hear him from a mile away. Yeah. And he never cries. He never. He never cried on that. At that at that point, he had never cried. And I don't he think cried he cried like the world was gonna end. Yeah, and he was yelling at the top of his lungs, and so it hurts as a parent when when you hear your baby crying. You 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 think no. But it really does. And especially, like, not if it's something soft. Like I said, the first time that Ariela got her tongue tied wasn't too bad. Even when they got their vaccines the first round these few weeks back, I didn't cry. You do want to soothe them, but you don't. It doesn't really hurt you. But when you see them really in pain, it really hurts you down to your core. Yeah, for sure. Really that tongue tie experience was definitely an experience for the books that I never want to have to go but through again. But it was again. a must. It definitely was a must. She's latching better. She's eating better. She's everything. She can actually move her tongue now. It's insane how how much, you know, how she was, wasn't and, able to move it, you yeah. know? And Alejandro has a nice looking private part. Okay. We're going to, we, so for Alejandro's circumcision, <laughs> we had to take him in. And the doctor said that, yes, he had a very good looking private part. I'm not sure how I feel about that. It was a male doctor. And basically what he was checking was really just to see if... It, the size. The, <laughs> I That's don't right. want to talk about it like that. I'm very that. proud of that. Anyways, basically they wanted to make sure because he was a preemie that he was fine down there and it was big enough. It sounds terrible. But that it was big mm -hmm. enough to do the circumcision correctly. The doctor came out and said that he would make some women very happy one day. And I swear to God, I did not know where to put my face. And I was ready to throw a party. He was ready to throw. I could not. I couldn't look I at my like, OB That's in my the face. boy. Yes. No. Jesus. <laughs> and so what's crazy about that appointment is that we forgot the diaper bag at home. And of course, that's. And I, I remember calling the nurse and telling her, we forgot the diaper bag at home. Should we turn around? She's like, no, we're fine. They didn't have any diapers. Of course, that's the day that Alejandro decided to go all over his diaper. Mm-hmm. And so we had to wait. The doctor was so nice. He went out and actually bought diapers. That's right, he did. And we had to wait there. And But, yeah, basically, well, that's what happens. Things like that where you forget. You At least we didn't forget the child. We only forgot the diaper bag. Okay. Right? So at least we didn't forget our child. Um, so then we had another incident with the vitamin D. Uh, again, I tell you, zombie, like those first few weeks. Uh, you're supposed to give your babies vitamin D when you're breastfeeding because they don't get enough of that. And instead of giving Ariela 0.25, mm -hmm. I gave her 1.25. No, 2.5. You oh. gave her 10 times. I gave her, yeah, there you go, 2.5. I gave her 10 times the dosage. So now I am the vitamin D. Vitamin, yeah, David, the vitamin David doesn't want me to have any more incidents, even though I know what it is now. It's it's zombie S, dude. I'm telling you for sure. And so the vitamin D, I give her all this vitamin D. I realize, I tell David after she's already drank it, and we both go crazy. David calls his uncle that's a pediatrician. I call poison control. And everyone at the end of the day basically laughed at, laughed at us and told us, yeah, you're fine. You're that fine. Crazier things are going to happen. You didn't poison your child. It's just vitamin but I will tell For that hour or for two hours, we were freaking out. I'm like, I'm taking this kid to the hospital out. right now. Yeah. And I don't know. 
but yeah. she's got to get this thing out of her system. Yeah, we were we were truly, truly scared there for her for a second. And both of our kids were on different formulas at first because Alejandro was on a special one being in the NICU and Ariela was on a different one. And through the night, I'm pretty sure we switched it a few times. For sure, 100%. They, yeah. they, they had each other. They looked, they looked the same. And like we would try to separate them in the fridge and try to hold them in different hands. And oh, guys, at night, again, it's when you're a zombie. in the morning yeah, or whatever time it whatever is, you're time on is. two hours sleep. Yeah. And you grab both bottles. and It you could think, be midnight and we were yeah. still tired. And you think that you grabbed one here and one there and they're both in the, in the same hand or, or whatever. Yeah. And no. you're half asleep and you give one to one kid, one to the other. And I'm sick. sure they drank each other's formula. It yeah. is what it is, guys. You know, they're still here. Yeah. The kids are still alive. I would like to they're point healthy, that out. They're healthy. They're strong. <laughs> they're healthy. They're strong. And the kids are still alive, guys. Uh, everything, I think, started to get better around week six to eight. I think we started to see some sort of like routine mm -hmm. and, and light without being so much I will zombies. Say my wife is really good at reading and studying and YouTubing and Googling and blah, blah, whatever else. And therefore, you know, she's created a good routine for them and, and it, it's working quite nicely. Yeah, I, I like to read and research and just make sure that I know everything as much as I can. To, for, specifically for sleep, I think that if they sleep for me i can do anything because i feel like i can do anything if i'm sleeping if i've slept so for me it's i think it's super important to establish a good sleeping routine for them and so now when we hit about week eight to ten they start to sleep in six and that in giving us a one six hour chunk and that's made it a lot easier versus you know the three hour chunks that we were getting before so we put the kids down somewhere between 9 to 10 p.m somewhere in that range and then they don't wake up until about four in the morning. Sometimes a little earlier, sometimes a little eight later by 30 minutes, but nothing major. So it does give us that nice big chunk of sleep at night. After that though, it's all fair game. It's every three hours again. Oh yeah, yeah. You Especially know, so, Alejandro because- Yeah, you know, he has she, become a little Hulk. Yeah, he's an eater, to, guys. She used to demand her food and, and all that stuff and, and she still does. Ariela, she yeah. needs her sleep. She needs her beauty sleep and that's normal because she's a girl. Yeah. And so- So it's, it's normal for Ariela to need her beauty sleep and not me. Well, I mean, you both can have it, but I mean, she's the baby, you know? So. Exactly. So he wakes me up, but he lets her sleep. I just want to point that out. However, Alejandro, though, if he doesn't get his food, when he wants his food, he never cries. He never complains. The kid is like, thank God, he's an angel. And hopefully, hopefully he stays that way forever. But if he doesn't get his food, you have about 15 seconds from the moment he gives you the first little, ah, Yep. before he turns into the Hulk, his face turns red. He like, I don't know. He becomes this different little like we call him the hulk because he just becomes this different little baby mm -hmm. and like he moves his head side to side with his mouth open like a savage man you know just basically looking for the boob for lack of a mm -hmm. better term and he's just like ready to eat guys you can't complain about he, you can't, can't you know. he loves his mama's chest i'm not gonna lie huh? <laughs> he loves so his mama's chest. <laughs> he loves his mama's chest at like six in the morning though that needs to end <laughs> yep. and so guys we've given them their first vaccines they did great they did have on and off fevers for the first 24 hours and that was a little scary i think for yeah, us as parents but you know what just the, the baby tylenol that helped a lot and making yeah. sure that you're on top of it and you're monitoring it the whole mm -hmm. time and in, in a day and a half, they, they were over it, like, it was, we're good yeah. to go. And we were good. And now they're going to get their second set of vaccines on Tuesday. No. Yes, I knew you had forgotten about that. Um, and so that's going to be, kids. yeah, I know. They get them three rounds, you know, it is what it is. And, but they're going to be protected, and that's what matters. And so we took our first trip to the Keys together as a family. That was not as terrible as I thought it would be. They slept both ways. They did really good Except for Alejandro. On the way there, he got hungry. He became the little Hulk about 10, 15 minutes till we got 
to the house because we got hit some traffic. But for the well, most part, they did really well. Well, he also had his biggest poop of the entire week. Oh, of course. The on car. the way back, though, on the way home. On the way back, yeah. Before we hit the highway, luckily, so we were able to stop, change the diaper. And it wasn't that terrible, thank God. But yes, he had the biggest poop of his life on the way home. So these are kind of just like the little things that happen. And, and, you know, we're really enjoying spending our weekends together with the kids. And we were finally able to put them in the pool for the first time. Oh, yeah. And that that's cool. been a lot of fun. And um, Alejandro loves the water currently. Ariela, we are unsure how she feels about it. You know? She just needs to have things done her way, whenever she wants, how she wants, and life will be good. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's teach her that she can just have things the way she wants it all the time. And she's the girl. She's the baby. You she's know? the girl. She's the baby. Got it. All right. So that has been our first few weeks with the twins. We thank you guys always so much for joining and listening to our crazy stories. But we are happy to say and report that our kids are healthy, they're alive, and we're still alive too. Yeah, We've made it. Yeah, we made we're it. sleeping four hours, four and a half hours, five hours every night. And, yeah, you know. we're surviving, for sure. Endless bottles to clean, endless laundry to do. Oh, geez. we have to do We have now, to do, actually. yeah, we, we have to do a thousand bottles we now. Yeah, well, we, we'll do them now. I mean, what are we going to do? We, we have a thousand things to constantly do. We don't get as much work done as we like, but we spend time with our children, and, and life is good, you know? Yeah. We're really enjoying it, so we can't really complain at all. Our kids, we like to call them angels. We think they're angels. They are. Yeah. Okay. Thank you guys so much for joining on our episode of Boss Babies and Bottles. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I cannot wait to chat with you guys soon. So make sure if you haven't already, subscribe to our next episode and follow my craziness on Instagram at ebjevents and at canal.twins. I promise you, something's always happening.